We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, this is the True Faith Podcast. I'm Alex Hurst, joined tonight by Richie Smith, who's on the line with me from London. Tonight's show, we're going to preview Newcastle's upcoming FA Cup game at St Andrews this weekend. Uh, but before that, Richie's going to have a bit of a chat with me about the rant uh, or Monday's podcast, as it, or yeah, Monday's podcast, Christ, the week's gone fast, or the rant as it was known. Thanks to everybody who's got in touch. We've had more like love the podcast tweets um, this week than ever before, so that's always nice. It's uh, probably a little bit vain, but it's always nice to, to like hear that you enjoy the show and want us to keep doing what we're doing because... We only do it for people to listen to. It'd be pointless if, if no one listened and enjoyed it. So thanks very much. The viewing, the viewing, not yet. The listening figures have been really, really positive for it, as they have throughout the year overall. So just thanks to everyone who listened, and and I'll not do that again, probably, hopefully ever. <laughs> um, but Richie, thanks for joining us on the show. Um, I suppose you you you've come on to give a slightly different perspective or present um the other side to an extent. From, from kind of what I was going at, so why don't I let it let you take it away? Hi, well, cheers for uh, having us on. It feels like a while since I was uh, was on the uh, on the pod, so it's good to be good to be back on. Um, I guess well, I just want to position myself as is, is, is maybe coming in a, a, a bit more of a, of a balanced viewpoint. Not that I uh, necessarily disagreed with anything that you said. In fact. A lot of what you're saying, I'm and kind of ranting about. I was, I'm, I'm just kind of firmly behind. Um, you know, I think going back quite a number of years now, um, this has always been a case of, of a, a selection of fans that uh, go to games or otherwise um, being so ridiculously overreactive, but more so than that, abusive to players. Um, I remember when I was sort of 12, 13. You know, I kind of. Um, had a shared a season ticket and I, and I went I went to the games you know very regularly during the you know the Bobby Robson era um, where you know some of the best times that you know I've experienced as a Newcastle fan and even even at that stage you know you, you'd, you'd go to games and there'd be this um, you'd be surrounded by people who almost couldn't wait for um, somebody to make a mistake on the pitch to just absolutely get on their feet and scream torrid abuse at us. Um, it was their kind of prerogative to, to do that. Um, and I always shake my head and I always thought that, um, especially there were, you know, I think in Newcastle fans, this is probably, this is probably the case of quite a, a few clubs, but, you know, my experience in Newcastle is there's, there's always got to be one or two scapegoats on the pitch. It's 
kind of like cool cool to be kind of um, abusive against one or two players. I mean, you could you could sort of kind of reel them off. Um, you know, and, and these are players who I don't think necessarily justified it. You know, looking at Shula Ramiobi, probably being uh, one of the most infamous ones over the um, previous years, but you know, ones now are the likes of. Um, you know, you pull Paul Dummett's and Jack Colbacks and, and quite interesting, I think, the point that um, that was made on social media last week that there does seem to be a general theme of it being like the local lad. Um, and I don't know whether that's because, you know, they're players that have that haven't really cost the money, so they're kind of the, the, they're not the players that the fans get excited about, so they they're kind of all automatically assumed to be, you know, not as good as the rest. I don't know. Um, but it, it does seem to be some kind of funny theme there. So anyway, without kind of going too off course, I I've definitely kind of from a perspective of being disillusioned with how far some fans can can go and and being you know so ridiculously over the top with uh, with their abuse and especially now in today's uh, in today's world of social media where fans have so much access to actually directing their abusive players um, I think it's just completely bang out of order people I think who dish out um, verbal abuse to people um, online, whatever the whatever the platform, should just be banned automatically from from ever going on again. Huh. Um, and I think you know we saw evidence of that with with Matt Sells earlier this season. That does, however, bring me to just providing a bit more of a, a balanced point. And I think what I can what I can probably say here is that um, where where does this abuse stem from, and where is this, let's be relevant, and where does where is this abuse stemming from this season? And I do think. It stems from fans, some of which have been, you know, going to the, going to the match and being fans for a, a long period of time, seeing it all, you know, a lot of ups and downs in Newcastle, probably more downs than ups uh, if, you, if you weigh it all out. Just get very concerned at when things look like they're just changing direction. You know, let's not let's not um, let's not beat around the bush. It's been a fantastic season this year compared to some of the shite that we put up with over the past few seasons. This has been a really enjoyable year. We've seen Newcastle win far more games than they've lost. We've seen them score far more goals than they've scored. We've scored. We've scored more than anyone else in the country. Yeah, the goals. <laughs> absolutely, and you know we've got players on the pitch that are incredibly likable that clearly want to be there, um, and we haven't. You know, we haven't. There hasn't been many of those players that you really became attached to in recent years either, and you know the the. the the icing on the, the cake, if you like, is having an absolutely world-class manager at the helm. One one that we possibly couldn't have ever dreamed of having, but we've got him, and, and it's all it's all been very positive. Um, but we've you know we've we've been here before with Newcastle. We can see how things can rapidly change direction for the worse, whether it's on the pitch or off the pitch. We've seen it time and time again, and I do think, and you, you hinted this, uh, Alex, you really you really hammered this home on the pod. The, the pure criticality of getting promoted this season it's it's you know we, we know the implications of not getting promoted <coughs> you know, the implications of potentially being stuck in this division for a long time um, and we know that it's you know if we want to keep Rafa Benitez if we want to be a successful club we've got to get promoted this season it's there's, there's no there's no question about that and when fans start to see things not go so well it does put the shits up people and and I think and I can see why people get get nervous. And from my point of view, the Blackburn game, I, I just couldn't, I just couldn't believe we just came away with nothing from that game. I, you know, such a dominant performance, um, and there was always that sense of like, 
Blackburn could easily score here if we're not putting away these chances. And you look at a team like Blackburn, down the bottom, shit, you know, <coughs> shit all season. They're taking six points off us, and you know, you suddenly see the gap. You know, it, it was in a space of literally a minute on on uh, on Saturday. You saw, um, was it Saturday? I'm totally off track. Monday, days. yeah, Monday. Monday. Bloody hell! Um, you saw Newcastle go behind. You saw Brighton come back from one nil down to being two one up. And then you saw Redden take a lead as well, and to cap it all off, you saw the Mackhams bloody equalise against Liverpool last by the bye. But either but either way, it just felt like you know the perfect storm of just shit just getting chucked our way. So I can I can see why why we're getting why we're getting nervous as fans. I can see why fans are get get tetchy easily. Some don't have the level headedness and the and the patience as as much as some of us do, and that and that's when they go over the line. But you know. There's, 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 there is genuine reason to have concern there, and I, I'll, I'll stick by that to be concerned because we've gone from being top of the league, we've gone from having a healthy, healthy gap um, to the playoff places to now, you know, that not being so big and, and and not having such a great Christmas period overall. Now we can obviously be have full faith in, in the team moving forward. We can get behind the team, but I can see why people get anxious and nervous. The people who take us too far are ridiculous. The people who are abusing players, ridiculous. But I am definitely in that place where I've seen us before and I and I can see why people get agitated because you know they, they do love the club, they do know the importance of going up this season and um and, and, and that's where, you know, maybe they, they they do speak their mind about even if it's been a great season, please let this not be going in an, in another direction now. We all You've said that, put put that across very well, <laughs> much better than I did. So cheers. Um, it's it's a hard one, and I've I've kind of been battling this week on Twitter to try and clarify a few of the comments that I made on Monday because people have. It's hard. It, you know, your interpretation of words is 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 relevant to to how how much impact they have. So so you saying concern, like concern is kind of natural when you lose four and eight. Is that any different to someone saying I'm worried about not going up now? And like, is is it okay for someone to say other things? Mm. Well, yeah, of course. It is it like in reality, it was like a perfect storm on Monday. I just said to you, off fair how terrible a day it was. It was, yeah, it was a little bit of a microcosm of the season. Um, you know, in in, in the summer, we we're just me and you, and uh, I think George George Cook did the the yeah. Rafa Benitez podcast. Well, four thousand people listened to it. Just just listening to us buzz off. <laughs> how happy we were that we're relegated and Rafa was our manager and you know me and a few others we started Gallagher flags and then we had that kind of massive come down at Fulham and then oh. then again at Huddersfield and then after that it was just ludicrous playing sailing and Monday was just one of those days where for whatever reason I didn't have a good day it's been reported a little bit in social media about the behaviour of sections of our support which which most people listen will have, I wouldn't even need a reference it to tell you what they were doing but I, this is why I don't like large away allocations because it attracts arseholes. Um, then you had the game itself, which you've talked through and I talked through, um, and then you had the abuse in the in the stands. That you had the criticism, the howls when we gave the ball away. Then you had the after match social media, um, the overreaction. Um, it was just a kind of bad day for Newcastle United as a result. Um, in, in in amongst all that, you've then got frustrations, um, other frustrations, gen- general atmosphere at St James's Park, 
general attitude of supporters towards our own players. Matt Sells is a great example that you've just brought up there. Um, and it's and it's 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 hard for me because well not just me but anyone who listens this knows we've met Rafa twice. Um, and and it's like for him to relate not just to us obviously because he's not told us anything you know that he wouldn't tell the media. Um, but it's it's kind of like he's dead concerned about um, people getting on the players' backs. So we've been called in, and he says the players search their own names on Twitter. This is the 21st century. They're vain people, a lot of them. Yeah, they search yeah. the names on Twitter. He's worried about the, the fact that they don't seem as relaxed and comfortable at home as they should. We'll get done too much on the counter-attack at home. Um, we're not great at, um, you know, once it's nil-nil after half an hour, the crowd get very nice. So he, so he knows all this stuff, and it's, it's like we're trying to spread the message of... You know, stay calm. The Chronicle are doing it. George Colgan today in the Times. He'll have been briefed by Rafa. Had a conversation with him. You know, yeah. Luke Edwards did a similar piece with a misleading headline, but the piece was similar. I'm sure Luke didn't write the headline. Um, and it, it, that's the, it's just this clear, consistent message of like, this is your job, right? You people out there who I stayed at this club for. This is Rafa talking, not me. <laughs> you people out there who I stayed at this club for. You've got a small job to do, and and we're not doing it and that's frustrating for me because um, everyone spends so much time like I spend so much time and money on supporting this football club not just this season most of you listening will have been the same or will, will spend what you can or, or whenever you can on the club and you know put so much emotional investment into it and then we just we just seem to be collapsing as a fan base and it's it's not it's not the majority but it's a vocal minority and a lot of people got in touch saying well, you shouldn't listen to what arseholes on Twitter who weren't at the game say, which is, that's not, they're not my words, that's the people who are getting in touch. But then the reaction on Twitter went hand in hand with the reaction in the Darwin end. So therefore, it's kind of reasonable to think that, well, it's not just people who didn't go to the game, it's people walking out that stadium saying, shite, fucking useless, waste of a day, all this kind of stuff. And, and it was almost like, we need, we need to take a step back as a fan base. I know what you're saying, Richie, that... People have seen it all before. Though I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's strictly true because you know, um, in two thousand nine, ten, and ninety two, three. I believe. Yeah, I'm not. I think I'm getting my oh, years right yeah. there. Ninety two, yeah. three. We pretty much went went down the same route. I think what you know were were, were points total similar. The points total in ninety two, three was better, um, but it wasn't the championship then. Um, what points total now in oh nine ten was exactly the same. We had a we had a rough Christmas. New Year yeah. then as well, not as bad as it's been now, but then the first part of the season was better. So, so, so history, sh- everything tells us that we need to remain calm and trust the manager, and almost more than ever before. And this is this this is a little bit counterproductive for me doing a football podcast and you people listen to it. Almost, you know, we we'll, we we'll literally just have to release our concerns and frustrations and just think, you know what, the bloke, the the people in charge, the bloke running the show we'll have this and and he needs us to do our job not to get concerned not to start panicking and like you say minority take that too far but actually think you know what we've lost four and eight shit i'll tell you what i'll do i'll go to i'll buy tickets to rotherham at home or derby or qpr and i'll get behind the team for 90 minutes because realistically we're powerless to do otherwise and if you talk about our our impact as a fan base i would argue that um since the chef web game um, at home, and I'm, I'm going to include Nottingham Forest, which again was very worrying as, from a fan's perspective. I'd say that our effect has actually been negative on the team in those in those games. I don't know whether you'd agree with that. Mm-hmm. 
So, sorry, what was the last part of that question? I'm saying the fans are almost having a negative impact on the team over the last four games. Uh, it's a tough one. I, I mean, uh, when 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 Rafa is making a point about it, and he's making a very clear point about it, it's clear that it does have an effect. Because why would he? Why would he just say stuff? That isn't actually the case about the fans, you know, because he, he knows that by saying just if he if he just was just saying this for the sake of it, he knows that there's a, a there's a, a small chance of, him, of the fans getting peeved off with him and distanced them, and that's obviously not what he wants and not what not what anyone anyone wants. Um, I think I think maybe another another element of this and uh, is. I've seen people again on, I'll say, social media who are, are, are getting peeved off with kind of this um, this ideology of like you know that you you can't you can't criticise the, the players and uh, you can't criticise you can't criticise Rafa and I can I can sort of see where they're getting that point from because you know there's there's voices out there saying you know you. You need to get behind the manager, or you, you can't. You can't question what such a, a, a world class manager does, and, and maybe and maybe that gets people's backs up more, and that kind of um, fuels the fire as, as far as people, you know, the kind of the, the the arguing between fans and the difference in opinions. Um, from for my for my kind of exposure to matches this season, it's been that generally speaking. There's been really good feeling in the in, in in the stands. The fans have got, you know, there's been particularly away games being, uh, you know, they've been loud, they've been vocal. But you're right. When it gets to a certain stage that we haven't scored a goal or we concede, things change so quickly. There isn't that kind of, there isn't that battle hard attitude of like, right, let's turn it around. I do think that the 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 team have got to. Give the fans confidence they can do that. At the same time, because we've, we've talked about this, Alex, about the the fact that when Newcastle go go down, probably Norwich aside this season, um, they just they just can't get back into the game. And, yeah. and when I we've conceded, the, we've, when we've conceded the first goal, was we've lost every game. Yeah. At the same time, you know, when we concede a goal, we, we, tend, we that's all we tend to concede. We tend to concede just one goal. Is 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 is, is, the, is the general theme. We don't really concede more than that. Which is, you know, it, that's, that's a good thing, but it also shows that we give ourselves plenty of, you know, we give ourselves an opportunity to get back into a game, and, and, and why come, why can the players not do that? So the more that the more that's happened, the more that I think again, like I, I remember under again under the the Bobby Robson the Bobby Robson era, the number of comebacks Newcastle made under Robson. Where we'd be one goal, two goals down, and we'd would get something back after the game. We'd get something back out of the game, and the fans knew, like, oh, if, if Newcastle start getting beat, that will there's a good chance we're going to get back into the game, and that gave something for the fans to cling on to. Gave the fans positivity. With this team, it doesn't feel as much as that, and I'm I'm not I'm not advocating that the fans shouldn't be doing that because they should. That the team needs you the most when they they're getting beat. I just feel that at the same time. Trying to provide some level of balanced argument, they've got to provide some level of confidence that they they can get back into the game if they get if they go a goal down. They've got the ability to. I've got no doubt about that. They've got the the, the, the talent is there. It's just about can they can they prove to the, the fans that they have got that 
mentality of you know come, being able to come back. And I think if you, you, you look at it being becoming a champ, a champion of the division, getting automatic promotion, you've got to show that you you haven't got not just that you can win games, but you've got fighting. You've got the ability to come back and and, and, and sn- uh, snatch points out of games as well. You've, you've talked a lot about um, just wanting, and, and Rafa has as well, like knowing how to just snatch a point later yeah. on the game and, uh, it, it's something I totally agree with and it's something Rafa is aware of and this is this is the thing about the Crows defeats and I said this about the Blackburn game it's 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 almost not that we haven't won because that happens you can batter a team for 90 minutes and not win a game it's that we're lost and that was the same with Blackburn at home it was the same with Chef Wed at home and the longer the games stay nil-nil the more likely it is that we'll lose the game rather than win it and it's it's yeah. all, and I said it on a podcast a little while ago. It's almost going to take, let's say, Brentford, which me and you will both be there. We don't want to see Newcastle go one 0 down, do we? But, no. but there is there is going to be a game this season where we're going to have to go one 0 down early doors and come back and win a game or come back yeah. and get a point. Um, so I don't want it to happen, but it I, it would be good to see it happen because yes, the players need to do something to kind of disagree with you slightly when you say the players have got to show more. And yeah, I, I kind of understand to an extent, but. I mean, to take the Blackburn game or the Chef Wed game or whatever as an example of, of recent, you know, recent games that have gone badly, the the reaction of the away end to that goal on Monday was yeah. just we lost. Listen, I said that sometimes the fans recently haven't been helping the team. Obviously, the team have to take total responsibility. It's what they're paid for, um, and the manager. Um, but I'd say that we, you know, just just as a fans' mentality, as soon as that goal went in on the seventy. 77th minute or something 75th minute uh, the, yeah, ga- the yeah. game was done in the stands that was it do you know what I mean it was it was abuse it was kicking off screaming at the players it was so yeah that that doesn't excuse the players for not coming back and not really creating anything either um, past the past the goal going in but um, it, it it's kind of a two way street a little bit that if 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 I'd walked away from that game thing fuck you know like I used to to be fair and same same as you said before um Listen, some of the away games I've been to the season, the support's been phenomenal. Derby, absolutely ridiculous away support. Uh, Rotherham was very, very good. Yeah, uh, but I was There you go. QPR. I wasn't at Villa, but I've I've heard from people there that the support of Villa was was excellent. So it's it's not a it's not a case of um you know that that we don't have good support. We do have good support. We have very good support overall. It's just that if we'd have walked away from that game on Monday and I'd have thought, fucking hell, that was some away and that. And, and still gotten beat, then you'd think then then I'd fe- then I'd have felt much better about it. And I know it's really what you know. What does it matter how the fans perform or, or how we do? But let's let's not forget that Rafa Benitez says he stayed in Newcastle United because of the fervence of the support and how far that can take the club. Well, if that starts turning into a negative, when does he start really like, thinking? Did I make a mistake here? I th- yeah. You know what what's happened? And ugh, I can't remember who someone said it on Twitter and made a really good point. Sorry that I'll not be able to credit the person, but they just said. Does he look back at that Spurs game and think was it was a deception? Because that Spurs, I, I remember the Spurs game. It was it was mint relegation party almost fantastic. What an atmosphere that was! That was such a good atmosphere that me and the lads decided to get you know to basically with Michael from True Faith form Gallagher flags on the back of that game, um, and to you know move our season tickets together lower down in the corner, uh, so we could all sit together and get behind the team. And, and it was all a massive mistake. Like the atmosphere is way worse this season in the corner. By a mile, um, loads of new faces there. Most of them who don't sing get on the team's back. 
the, um, the atmosphere in in the corner was was way better under Steve McLaren because well, I, don't, I don't know why it's true I, I I can't put my finger on it but it but it's true and I look at the back of the corner now in St James's Park and there's about ten lads some of whom were involved in Gallagher flags others I don't know who are responsible for the atmosphere in St James's Park seriously ten blokes who who start all the songs and I think if they weren't there where would they be so we're kind of got broached into different areas here I'll, I'll, so I'll come back to what you were saying about you know being concerned what like I, I'm absolutely convinced we're going to get promoted so these these setbacks um and in George Carlton's very good piece today he made the point that it's 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 good to have setbacks it, you know if, if you coast through the season which basically doesn't happen in the championship and it didn't happen last time either you know people are have got short memories and you know the lack of prominent social media in 2009 I think do you remember a game where we went well we went through October I think we didn't win a game we drew two and lost two the the meltdown <laughs> the absolute meltdown across all forms of the internet and the phone-ins and the forums like it was Hooten's useless Ashley's useless we haven't bought any players we're not going to get in the playoffs and it was, it was it was similar to now so not much has changed in that respect but it, it was good that the team then had their bad spell had their bad patch because we came out of it you know like a ton of bricks and it also convinced Hooten and Lambias at the time that we needed to strengthen in January yeah. which we did mm-hmm. uh, and we've got January this time so just when I'll, I'll get your answer in a second it's a long question this um, you know when you say that you're concerned is it anything other than a minor concern or are you thinking here well I'm worried about not getting promotion no, no I'd, say, I'd say it's a minor concern I mean I've had, I've had some people if not not some 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 mates basically recently saying you know, they feel that this is, yeah, it's all slipping away, that the season's gone, and I just did saying, come on, pull yourselves together. It's not like, it's not that stage where we're still in the automatic promotion spots by six points. Like, if you look back, say, to last season, the likes of Middlesbrough and, um, you know, the likes of Middlesbrough and Brighton didn't didn't have that, didn't have that gap, um, and certainly weren't scoring as many goals as, uh, as, as Newcastle are. Um, so, and, and what I would say is that, you know, this month, Newcastle will be able to strengthen their squad far more than any other team in that in that division. You know the the, the, the type of players that Newcastle are being are being linked with. You know that no other team in the championship can can buy those players. You look like Callum Wilson, who I do think is a big long shot. Whether we get him, but yeah. there seems to be a lot of lot of noise about. And I think Robbie Brady, who we're being linked with today, like you know Loftus Cheek, all these players that you know really other teams in the championship. They're not. They're not gonna. They're not gonna compete with Newcastle again. We've already got the best squad in the championship. You know, okay, we're going to be losing a couple of key players to the African nations. Other other clubs in the division are as well. Um, but you, you know that the plan will be the plan will be in place for for, for that. You know, the, 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 it's not. It's not like Benitez will be waking up this morning thinking, "Oh shit, no, the army is going to the African <laughs> nations. We need to scramble for a player." They would have known that for months. You know yeah. about that, and, and they would have. I've no doubt that the um, that the uh, you know the, the signs are lined up. I mean, even like the likes of the cleverly deal. So, you know, you've got to consider what adding two or three new faces does to a team in general. It generally gives you like a, a lift. It, it gets players, the other players, lifted as well because that you know as, as much as Rafa's been rotating the, the team in the first uh, you know this first half of the season, that's it started to become less of that. You started to become more fixated on. Uh, you know, a back four and a midfield and a, and a striker and a few new faces come in. It, it makes the it makes the players 
that maybe have got maybe a little bit comfortable in recent weeks. Yeah. Seeing that there's there's there's, there's new blood that that are fighting for the places. Um. So you know, I think I think we're going to be positive. I think that the, maybe the the one the one kind of nervous point. I say nervous is not maybe the right word to use. Is that fixture fixtures wise on paper we've, we've had quite a kind um, Christmas period, but not came out of it very well and. You know, we've got some tough matches on the you know coming up. The likes of you, we've still got Brighton to play. You've got Derby to play. You know, you've got you've got all these uh, Norwich to play. Okay, Norwich have been a bit uh, weak, but you know they're still still a, t- a, a, a fixture you'd mark down as you know not not a given. And um, but what you would say is that we beat all those teams already. Yeah. The, 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 this season, like all of the so-called hard matches we've had, we've we've <laughs> won them. It's only the ones that you know the. Uh, the, the easier fixtures that you know, struggle with. And that's important because if you look at Sunderland, for an example, last week, beaten by Burnley in the point off middle, uh, a point of Liverpool, and certain fans I've heard say, well, would have uh, would have taken that one point from two games before you know before that those fixtures. Yeah, yeah. but it's you, you you can't compare the two because losing to a relegation rival is far worse. Do you know what I mean than than than, yeah. than drawn with them. And, and, and losing to Liverpool because your relegation rivals picked up three points so I'd much rather were stronger against the better teams who not only do we want to beat because we need the three points but we want to uh, deny them the points it's like yeah it shouldn't it shouldn't be either or we should just be, be good against yeah. the shit teams as well um, and yeah. it, like again if I look at the league table you know Rotherham away and Burton away were two very very difficult wins laboured wins and I think we're we'll really struggle against teams that um, like are compact and don't don't come out against us and don't provide the space to play. And if I think of I think of the games that have been most comfortable this season, the likes of Leeds who had a go at where the like you know Brentford came to St James's and, and, and tried to have a go at where and it was just no no chance lads yeah. like absolutely yeah. no chance. Um, so yeah, I mean another point you raised before about this the people kicking off saying oh. It's um, you know people don't like it when you criticise Rafa. I disagree again a little bit, and everyone you know, well it's a massive it's a massive lie that everyone's entitled to an opinion because if your opinion is fraudulent or deceptive or whatever, then you know it's it's not it's not really worth anything, and, and you could say no, you're not entitled to it. But everyone has a view, and you know we can accept that. But I don't see. I'm not gonna. I'm never gonna call if I saw criticism someone criticising Rafa on Twitter. I'd never call them up on it unless they tweeted us directly or me directly. But I don't. I don't see the. You know, you could say right. Rafa needs to make substitutions sooner, um, or you could say he needs to play two up front at home. It's like I, I can't see how you could make that argument because because he knows much better. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, like obviously, it, it's one. Like when I went when I went to see him and I talked about Mitrovic's performance against Blackburn at home, and I said, why on earth didn't you tell him to play on the the shoulder of the back four? stretch the play get down the channels and he just laughed at me he just laughed at me he was like do you seriously think <laughs> we didn't like we didn't think of that these things do you seriously think we're like we don't know and he was doing it nicely but it made it made, it made me realize oh, actually you know what like you know and then I asked you know I kind of anything any criticism I have of him and he invited all of us when we went to see him to, to you know to, to try and solve some tactical problems that the team had and all of them 
obviously that you know the the team and the coaching staff and the players had already gone through and there's a reason why things don't work now obviously not every fan has that insight and even if i got a little bit of insight you know it would be boring if football was all the players know better the managers know better but i would but i'll say it again like yeah people can say what they want on social media it doesn't it doesn't matter as provided it's not abuse um but i just think in terms of criticizing rafa benitez champions league winner la liga winner Super Copa winner, Copa Italia winner, FA Cup winner, Club World Cup winner. I almost feel it's just a little bit moot criticism. I just, I just think it's almost um, like. I mean, you know, talking about like managers who know far more than you. That you know, we could say that this is this is probably the case. Steve McLaren, football tactics, coaching wise, knows a lot more than us. However, we, you know, no one was shy of basically calling McLaren up on his tactics and everything else last season now I, I'm, I do appreciate it. it's, it is different with McLe- uh, with Benitez as he's a far more successful far far more successful uh, manager with more credentials however I would say that I, I don't think you know it, it, an example being let's just you know did did Benitez um, go back to Marcel's did, did Benitez Give Marcel's more fixtures than he should have than he should have had. Um, you know, I, you'd probably say yes. That sells wasn't great, and Dollars came in and has been has, has done has done brilliant from from game one that he's been put in. You could, uh, you could say, Richie, you could you could go further than that and say it was a mistake to start the season with Marcel's ahead of mm. um, Carl Darlow and. Like again, I've, we've got inside track on this, and the, the reason the light sells so much is because he, his kicking was very good. And he's good at his feet, which he is, by the way. That's one of the things you can't. But Darlow's kicking last season was poor. However, yeah. Darlow's kicking now is much better, much much better. Um, so that's so like that's a little bit of a, you know, the, the I think Darlow came back in for the Wolves. Um, it would have been about like this. Seventh or eighth fixture or something, wouldn't it? About then, would it? Yeah, we played Wolves, got beat 2 0, where Darlow Sells um, was poor on both goals, I thought, although it wasn't really mentioned. Played them in the cup, played them in the cup. Darlow came in, made a couple of really good saves, um, and then we went to Villa on the weekend, and Sells and took one in, um, essentially. <laughs> and uh, then we played Norwich on the Wednesday, and Darlow came back in for that, even though he conceded three goals, it's not mm. his fault. But we we were all really surprised. Like I was really surprised how how or how much Darlow's improved. And, and and you could say, do you think Darlow would have improved potentially as much as he has his kicking and without being left out? I don't know. That's me posing a, a loaded theoretical question. So you you know I know what you're saying. Yeah, could could he have dropped cells quicker? But if you look at it in hindsight, apart from losing a goal at Villa, um, it it's probably worked out pretty well. So I'd, so I'd back his decision on that one. But I know what you mean, and it is it is like hard, isn't it? You go back to McLaren. I mean, I think the opening fixture of last season, 2-2 against Southampton, I might be wrong on this, but I think the starting lineup was Kroll, Jan, Matt, Mbemba, Colaccini, Haidara, Callback, Teote, Sissoko, Wijnaldum, Obertan, Cissé. And there was probably a couple of lads. How <laughs> you remember that? Because I, I was looking, a few, when I was doing the Gallagher flags quiz, I, um, I, I did a I did a emergency round in case one of the people who was doing the rounds didn't show up, and I and I wanted I think I, I was going to do like name name the starting lineup against Southampton last year just to show people how much it had changed, mm-hmm. but um, I might be wrong. <laughs> That's I might be wrong, and I, I can't remember the bench. I had the bench as well, but um, 
if you look at how much that team's changed in kind of two transfer windows, I mean, it's unrecognisable. It's It's got yeah. one player in it. And just to go back, you know, I'm, I'm kind of raising this for, you know, when we're talking about, um, you know, not being able to come back from a goal behind, not being able to do that things, it's it's it, it's almost like going back to last season because we couldn't come back from behind last season either. So no, it's no. so it's it's not like it's something that would have would have just automatically happened because we've dropped down a, a division. Um, it's it's a long term thing that the manager's going to have to get right, and until the players have got the chance to do it, and I'm, am I right in thinking apart from Fulham, which was right in half time, and Huddersfield, all of the goals we've conceded to lose have been second half when we've lost by a goal. I think that's right. Um, Blackburn, so... Forest, Blackburn, Sheffield. Uh, Wolves was first half that was 2-0 so that's not a good example um, Villa we uh, conceded late, late. On, uh, but it's, it's, it's almost like we haven't conceded that goal after 10 minutes to, to mm. give well, whereas and again we don't want it to happen but it would almost be good in a game say when we play Rotherham at home or something it would be good to concede after 5-10 minutes to not good that's the wrong word but it would be interesting and then, then that you know, like you say, learning to come back from behind would give the players loads of confidence and mm-hmm. the ability to think. Right, we can do this. This is how we do it. And I know I'm making some. This is a pretty big jump for the players. I'm making excuses here, but it's almost like we've been um, too dominant in the mm-hmm. games this season for the for the team to learn how to come back from adversity, such as the control we've exerted. But uh, yeah. people probably think that's me taking it a bit far. Yeah. No, I can. I can. I can see your point there. I think, I think there is probably an element of um, in all of this is that there is, I think, a, a natural element of complacency after you've been so dominant, had so many easy fixtures. You know, maybe the the team have, you know, they they become so comfortable at just you know taking the lead and then just winning the games that when they go go behind, they just haven't had that. They haven't just they just haven't had that many. To say, but I guess they're just out of practice of that kind of mentality of like yeah. when we go behind, this is the mentality we need to have, and and I, I I agree that that's when they probably look to the fans to give them that extra ten percent, you know. Yeah. Um, Be interesting but, to find out the last time we actually did come from behind to win a game of football because I can't think of any last season. Uh, Spurs probably Spurs when we beat them two one. That was, yeah, that, that, game, that was a present Metro school, right? A long time ago, that. <laughs> um, it was. I, I think that's kind of just does it for that, unless there's anything else you feel like you want to say on, on that subject. No, no, I think, you know, I think, I think, I think that, that probably, you know, probably covers, covers it off, but, um, you know, hopefully that, appreciate that, um, you know, that the, the run that you had was, you know, Heat of the moment, but I, I don't think I don't really think your opinions changed, you know, too much from from what you were saying, and I, I don't think I disagree with a lot of what you were saying. I'm just um, wanting it, to present a yeah, it's it's, it's more of an admission from from me, and you've put it better than I did. That there are like some grey areas that some mm. some people say they're worried, and they're, they're saying they're worried because we're gonna finish ninth and we're shit. Some people say they're worried because they're just you know there's there's gaps in the team that they know the manager will address in January and. We need to get back to winning yeah. way sooner rather than later, and that's language at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we'll play Birmingham this weekend in the cup, Richie. I'll be down there. Um, none of the lads fancied it, unfortunately, so I'm taking my girlfriend. Um, 
had, I've had to squeeze in a full like weekend away so it's cost us a fortune cheers lads um, uh, how do you see first of all do you see this I'm not going to use the word priority because there's only two competitions left but do you think Rafa sees this as a game that he expects to win and progress this is on a really tough one. I was speaking with my um, my gaffer, who's a lifelong season ticket Brighton fan, nice. <laughs> and um, he 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 asked me this question about the FA Cup weekend, and he said that you know there's no doubt whatsoever that you know Brighton will be putting out a full reserve team. Um, and to be fair, they've got MK Dons at home. <laughs> yeah, uh, who are bottom of League One or something. <laughs> I've uh, got a pretty kind, kind draw. And he did say, you know, what do you think? What do you think your castle will do? And I did struggle somewhat because, and I, and I do think maybe, maybe the Christmas period has maybe got Rafa thinking a bit differently. Um, you know, I think if we were top of the top of the league with you know nine points cushion, you know, I think he, given the fact that between. Between the FA Cup match and the Brentford fixture, there's going to be at least a week, you know. Um, so it's not as if not not like the League Cup where you're playing three days after your your, your fixture. Um, I, you know, I think you would have maybe put out, a, let's say, an eighty percent full strength team. But I do think there's maybe another question that's been put on his mind, and uh, I think we'll I think we'll see quite a few players who are playing on the weekend. Certainly not in the starting lineup. Um, I don't, you know, it, it's interesting when you when you look back at um, previous seasons when we're in the Premier League and you, 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 there's always that kind of thing as oh, is, is, are they going to play the youth, the youth players and how many of you, you know, they, they very rarely play the youth players, but you know, there, there'd always be a risk of someone who, or not yeah, like 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 um, Cardiff at home is a big one under Pardew. Yeah. That 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 Cardiff game broke Pardew really because we we're fifth or sixth in the league. We had a really good start of the season. Um, you know. We weren't going to qualify for the Champions League realistically, um, and we had Cardiff at home, bottom of the league, and he, and he rested. Look, Remy. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think um, <clears throat> I think you'll you know you'll 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 maybe see five or six players you know coming that that were on the bench on the weekend come um, come in. I, I think um, uh but one one thing that he that I think's been a big plus all season is we just haven't really had any just haven't really had many injuries, have we? And that's been just such a beautiful relief from the past few seasons. Yeah. Um, and so you know it's not as if there's it's not as if there's an injury crisis at the at the club or that we've got three or four players out uh, injured already. You know, and I, and I do I think I think Raphael he'll be wanting to he'll be wanting he'll be wanting to win the match, but I. I, I I think if we did end up getting knocked out, one, I say the fans won't be, won't be bothered. I can say, based on everything we've said today, God, I dread to think what the fan yeah. reaction would be. Me personally, I would, you know, when I speak when I speak to Brighton fans, I speak to, I spoke to Kevin and his brother, and like my my, my bosses are like the FA Cup winning the FA Cup is his kind of dream. Mm-hmm. First season he's ever said, really, I I kind of want to be out of the competition. Yeah. I, this is our chance to get promoted, and um, again, talking about this is like you know the cup competitions uh, equal bad performance in the league. We've been kind of slating that mentality in the club for, for 
for for years now, and it kind of feels a bit uh, hypocritical to suddenly change your mind on it. Yeah. So, uh, but um, you know, I think I think everyone wants us to you know, uh, you know everyone wants us to win essentially, um, and I think Rafa will, will either way will still be putting out a, a team capable of beating Birmingham this weekend. Yeah, if you look at the the first cup game this season against um, Cheltenham, uh, I think he made it. He made he, he played Shelby, and he played possibly Callback and Lascelles, and changed the rest of the team. It was eight changes or something. Um, so there's a chance that we'll see similar, but also there's. I mean, I think I don't think Rafa Benitez does not winning games he always talks about the, the most important game being the next one it's a cliche of his that he's used since mm-hmm. Liverpool he has great um, pedigree in this competition and <clears throat> it's version in other countries so I think he'll want to get through what worries me isn't the extra games it's not really a worry <laughs> a concern <laughs> um, is that the further pr- obviously from this round onwards every FA Cup weekend is a championship fixture weekend it's not like the Premier League where it's like the quarterfinals when the Premier League resumes. So it's just, I mean, already if either us or Brighton get through, our game with them on the 29th is postponed. Which you could say, would we rather play them now or would we rather play them when the new players have bedded in, when we're in better form? The rest of it. Personally, I'd have loved to go to Brighton for that weekend with the lads, made a weekend of it. Probably not be able to go now, it would be moved to a Tuesday night, Wednesday night, sometime later in the season. Mm-hmm. But... It's that fixture congestion, isn't it? When that getting through in the cups. I'm not talking about the extra cup games. Nor am I saying I don't want us to get through. I'm, I'm going to the game, but it, that's that's something that will be a consideration this season compared to previous seasons, um, where getting through actually. And this is probably why your gaffer says this because getting through, progressing the FA Cup is a different kettle of fish in this league to to the Premier League when. Mm-hmm you know, three of the games, you've got a whole week to prepare, you can sort it out, whereas if, you know, say you could see us getting, say say we're, we'll have a bit of a run, we've got a decent tie next round, say we've got an FA Cup quarter-final on the Sunday, and then we've got Brighton away on the Tuesday, and it's Man United at home. Tough one then, isn't it? Then you're getting into, like, proper which game is he going to prioritise territory, and it's maybe problems, oh. and we saw that with the whole game. If we didn't play a hole on the Tuesday, we'd be Blackburn at home. I'm, I'm convinced... He plays Dwight Gale. He plays other players who were rested for that one, um, and we'll, we'll beat Blackburn uh, in the home game yeah. because yeah. of the whole game. And then we didn't get through, even though we played very well, in my opinion, and we should have got through in in in, in the game at Hull. And then we'll have Brighton. We'll have Forest on the Friday, which was a joke. And you know what? You know where I'm going down. It complicates things. Not that I'm saying I don't want to get through, but it complicates yeah. things. You made a good point before. If we lost this game th- again, it would like you know crisis level nine <laughs> on social media. Um, would be hit, and, and we all want to avoid that. So it's a, it's a tough I think, one. Um, I think what it does do is it gives an opportunity for players who've been out of the picture for a bit, and are coming back into like the the effects on the rest of the team. You know, you look at like saying you bring in a, <clears throat> you bring like a Grant Hanley, for example. You bring in a, I don't know, Mitrovic. You bring in a, um, uh, just thinking of other kind of periphery players like um, Liz- Murphy or. Lizar. Good to see all, him. Yeah, yeah, you know, you bring you bring them in. It gives them the opportunity to shine, and they they have they have great games, and it then starts to make um, you know other players think. Right again, 
I've got maybe a bit comfortable in my, in, my, in, my in, in the team, which I don't think a lot of them have that mentality, but, you know, that, that, that it might be a factor. Um, and it gets them up in their performances in, in, in the league. So there is that kind of, I think, it does give an opportunity for, you know, periphery players to, to stake a claim. Um it's a tough one. I, I, I do. I think. I think will be. I think there'll be four or five changes this weekend. Um, if we get knocked out, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. Um, uh, but you know, I think you, you make a really good point there about that fixture congestion. And when, I, when you talk about how fortunate we've been with injuries and, and such like, that's when that's when injuries can get. Um, you know, can, can can happen when you've got players playing multiple times within the space of a few days and not having much recovery time so yeah be interesting to see what happens yeah I think that just about does it for the for the show tonight um, we probably won't do one post Birmingham because it'll, it'll be just me talking that will be boring <laughs> again um, and we'll probably be back for you with a pre-Brentford pre-podcast uh, uh, depending on when the, the Brentford game is played of course because should we draw on Saturday, the Brentford game will be moved from Monday night to Saturday afternoon. So, like, sad, pretty much seven days' notice for all the people who bought tickets, like myself, uh, to readjust trains, hotels, the rest of it. Cheers, Sky. Yeah, joke, total joke, like. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, thanks, Richie, for your time. It's been very good. Um, and uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back soon. Cheers. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.